You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. Glad that you're here with us today. Hey, um, I'll go ahead and tell you a story about my family. This actually happened last night, but um, our son Leland, he is turning five. He just turned five. Um, he has had a habit lately of hiding and not listening. So uh, that affected last night, but last week he was hiding from us, and after church he's been hiding around the house giggling. And so yesterday, um, I put, I have the three youngest kids, the, the set of twins that are on the end, and then Leland, and I put the boys down, and I say, hey, stay in your room, go to sleep, okay. Now, to give you a little bit more uh, background, Josie has left at 6 p.m. to go to our neighbor's house, and they're having a women's event over there. And, and whatever the women do over there, whether they smell essential oils or whatever they're doing, <laughs> you know. So it's about 250 yards away, um, a walk uh, to that. So she just walks over there. The kids know where she's at. I put the boys down around like 8 o'clock, okay? And then uh, I go, or it's like 7.30-ish, I go into the, our daughter's room, put her down, and then I go back to the boys' room, and Leland's gone, the light's on, and, uh, and Sam's just in his room playing with trucks. I'm like, where's Leland? He's like, I don't know. So I start looking for Leland, and I already think he's just hiding from me. So I go around the house. I look in all the rooms. I look in the cabinets. I look at his hiding places he goes to. Uh, I go downstairs. I go outside. I look around our property. I look around the front. I look around the back. I look at our neighbor's house. I'm like, surely I would have seen if he was on his way over there. I'd be able to see him. Um, and then I'm looking over the cornfields. I'm like, okay, not there. I go back inside. and I'm like, Leland has to be in the house. He's in the house somewhere. I'm going to find him. So I actually am like, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to wait it out because he's going to get tired of hiding and he's going to come out. So I get my computer, actually do a little bit more research for the message today and then I'm like, okay, he hasn't came out. So I go and I try to find him again. I can't find him anywhere. So then I get all the girls looking for him, the older girls that we have. They're trying to look for him, find him. And I don't realize that Elsie is also gone, who's our number four kid. <laughs> so she's, she's MIA too. And so I go outside. I'm yelling his name. I'm thinking he's in the cornfield. And I look across and Josie yells at me as I'm yelling Leland. And, and she says, I have him, Derek. And I see her a long way off, and I'm like, he's dead. He's dead? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> but she comes back, and, and I guess this is what happened, was they walked over together. They crossed our neighbor's yard. And when I crossed the neighbor's yard, I said, hey, I said, I'm going to go get Leland. They said, yeah, he, it, took, it was a long time ago that he walked over there. Like, I'm a bad parent? I'm like... I'm trying my best, lady, right? <laughs> Anyways, talking bad about my neighbor. Um, but Josie said they rang the doorbell and told the person who opened the door, hey, is our mom here? We really miss her. We just want to be with her, and we made a show for her. 
So, and they're like, is everything okay at home? And, and they're like, yeah, everything's fine. Things are good. Things are good at home. But things weren't going to be good at home. But anyways, that's just a fun, a fun story about my family and the tension of all the children that are in our house. Um, but hey, let's, let's pray and let's go from there. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, that we get to come together as a church and worship you and honor you. Lord, we pray that, that you would be honored in the reading of the word and Lord, that you would bless everyone who is here today. Lord, I ask that you would give me a fresh anointing today. I ask that you'd fill me up and help me get out of the way to bless people in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so we are uh, mostly expository preaching church. And so we have been in 2 Samuel. We've had a break or two through, uh, along the way. But in 2 Samuel, just to give everyone a recap, David is keen. Things are good. Things are going great. Uh, he actually wants to bless an Ammonite king, and so he sends an envoy to, to show kindness to this new king who's taken over for his father who has died, and so the, the envoy is treated poorly. Their beards are half-shaven. They actually strip them partly naked and send them back to Israel. David is furious at this, so he goes to war with Ammon, the king of the Ammonites, and he ends up defeating them in battle, but then during the war, there's a break where David ends up staying during the springtime where they would actually go to war. David stays in Jerusalem. When all the kings were out at Babel, he just stays because he has Joab, a commander who's never lost a battle. He has the mighty men. And so he lets them go, but he stays in a place where he... I've got to turn off Siri next week. <laughs> distractions. We bind distractions in Jesus' name. What was I at? David stayed. David stayed in Jerusalem before we were rudely interrupted by the government and whoever else is involved in listening to us trying to break up scripture. Uh, yeah, da David stayed though. David stayed in Jerusalem. He shouldn't have. He should have went out with the, the army to win the, the war. And so he ends up seeing Bathsheba from the rooftop. He ends up having her come to his palace. He commits adultery. And then David, he ends up trying to cover his sin and he actually kills uh, the husband of Bathsheba. So he commits this very evil sin, and he goes and he does things his own way. He thinks he's gotten all off, and then the man of God, Nathan, comes to him and says, what is this thing you've done? And he's confronted by God, saying, you, you shouldn't have done that. David repents, but God says, because you've done this, this child will die. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, and, and a little bit of the why, and, and how Someone had to pay the price, and, and the price was paid by the baby. And so David, and so sad as it is, David gets to this place where he, where he mourns, and, then, and then, he, then he chooses to worship in the house of God. Well, that's, that's smack dab in the middle of the battle against the Ammonites. 
And so it leads me to verse 26 of chapter 12. It says, meanwhile, Joab, he's the commander once again of the, of the army of the nation of Israel, fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and captured the royal citadel. So Rabbah is the, is the old city of Og. It's mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 3. This city is east of the Jordan. They found this city. Uh, it's actually a modern-day Ammon. And so they, the, it's east of the Jordan, and, and he's, he's, he's done well. Joab's done well. Verse 27 says, Joab sent messengers to David, saying, I've fought against Rabbah and taken its water supply. This is something that Joab has done before. Taking the water supply has, has helped them conquer cities because he takes what they need. Verse 28 says, Now muster the rest of the troops, besiege the city, and capture it. Otherwise, I will take this city, and it will be named after me. So this is a message to David, and he says, Hey, I don't want the city to be named after me. And Joab is kind of... He, one sense, he gets really selfish at times in Scripture. Another sense, he, he really wants what's best for the nation, and he wants unity. And so it's good that, that he did that, and he didn't want separation, because custom, the custom is, is that whoever was the leader that took over the city would be named after them. And he doesn't want that. He's like, I want glory to our king. This is about God's kingdom. And so... He doesn't want the success necessarily, and he wants to give it to who it actually belongs, who is his uncle, actually, in fact. And we should do that. We should also make sure that it's not about anyone getting the glory. It's about God getting the glory. We all want to be part of the body of Christ. There's many different parts of the body. We all have functions. And so we want the focus to be on God, and we want unity in the body. Jesus said, pray I pray that they would be one Father as you and I are one, and that's what we need in the overall church. We need that. Amen, everybody? Because there's so much confusion, and well, I believe this about the Holy Spirit, and I believe that about the Holy Spirit, and I believe this, and then there's crazy beliefs, right, that are out there. And so that, that's the devil knows if he, can, if he can bring division, he can divide what the vision should be. And that is that the, king, that the gospel would be preached to all nations around the world, that his kingdom would grow. Like here we say that we'd father sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. So verse 29 says, So David mustered the entire army and went to Rabbah and attacked it and captured it. It says David took the crown from the king's head and it was placed on his own head. It weighed a talent of gold. It was set with precious stones, and David took a great quantity of plunder from the city. So once you see, I'll, I want to focus on that crown that, that they put on David, a talent of gold. It's somewhere between 70 pounds and 72 pounds. So it's a big crown. And there's different beliefs about where the crown actually came from and why it was so big and large. So the first belief is that, that the king of the city was actually a giant because uh, this is a part of the, the Raphites from Deuteronomy 3. Their king that was there, his bed was 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. And so it was the last of the giants, and so they believe it's possibly a, he was a descendant of the giants. And so... That's one belief. 
that he just had a huge crown because he had a huge head. The second belief is this, and, and I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the Septuagint actually says that, that it was the crown of an idol of, what's the name? Milcom. And Milcom is the same name for Molech. So it's, it's, it is a, the fire god, it's a god where they would actually bring babies to and they would perform same-sex rituals in front of this god to please it. And so it's possibly from the idol, why it was so big and they put it on David's head, or it was just a normal guy who had a huge ego. Either way, no matter, no matter whichever way it is, the thing that I see is that they put a crown on David for a sign of victory, and it's good, but David couldn't wear that crown. He couldn't wear the weight of the crown. The crown ended up being belonging to him, but he couldn't care. Who can carry a 70-pound crown? You know, the, the crown that is so beloved, the imperial crown in England, the queen Elizabeth, the late queen Elizabeth, quit wearing it because she said, if I keep wearing it, it's going to break my neck. It only weighed 2.3 pounds. So imagine a 70-pound crown. I actually had the idea of like putting a basket on my head and like adding weight to it till it got to 70 pounds. But I'm crazy. And Becca talked me out of it. Our worship leader. Um, but, but he wore this crown that he wasn't meant, it wasn't fit for David. And I think, I think it was good that they signified the city belongs to David. I think that's good, but he couldn't continue to wear his enemy's crown. And sometimes you and I, we have crowns that we wear. We all have different hats that we wear. And so, and some of them are good, but it brings a weight that necessarily we can't carry on our own. Amen, everybody? So I want to look at some of those crowns, some of those crowns, quote-unquote. The first crown, we have our Sunday hat, right? We wear our Sunday hat, we get all ready, we get dressed, we try to look nice, we come to church, we get our worship on, maybe serve a little bit, so that we don't let everybody know necessarily how messy things are, how messy our hair is. We don't let them get too close. So we have that, we have the Sunday hat, it has to look nice, has to be flat and, and everything. Then we have, then you get home, you get a little bit more relaxed. You have your Sunday afternoon hat. Come on, somebody. One o'clock. So we have that, we relax, maybe we take a nap, maybe we watch some football, eat some food, be with the family, be with the kids, get ready for next week, but, but put our feet up. It's been, I deserve this, put my feet up, Right? So we have, that, we have that hat, go Colts. And then, you know, Monday through Friday, we have our work hat. Now, this is my work hat in the yard. So this is, I, I actually have two of these hats because I love them so much because they have, there's elk on it and, and deer and stuff, but that's not the point of this. But this is my work hat. And so I'll mow the grass in this hat. Maybe I'll even, 
I'll even burn some stuff in this house. I'll do some workout and move some rocks. We have a bunch of rocks, so I'll move rocks and get them placed where we want placed. But we, we put on the, on the work hat, and maybe it's a professional hat. We, you know, because sometimes when we go Monday through Friday, we put on a different version of ourselves than we are at home. And so maybe sometimes we have to be a certain way with somebody, or we have to talk to someone a certain way, or we have to deal with this issue, or I gotta sell this item, or I gotta work hard, or I have to lead these people, or, or I just have to please my boss. Like we have, we have a hat, I gotta show up on time, gotta be there on time, gotta be there early, gotta do whatever I gotta do to make ends meet so we can prosper as a family and live. And we all have that. We all have that hat that we wear. And there are many hats, but, but another hat that we might wear might be a hat of authority where we say, I am the sheriff, I am the law. <laughs> Maybe we lay down the law as parents. Not in this hat, but that's my point. Because maybe we say, even in our parenting, maybe even we say, hey, you will do this thing, but then we try to be funny right after. Maybe we, maybe we wear the hat of authority at work, but we look like a goofball to everybody else because we try to use our power and abuse our power. And that's, none of you do that. But we look like Woody, right? So we, we, wear, we wear all different kinds of hats. And I think some of them, maybe we come home from work, and you know what? It's been a long day, and I need, I need a little bit of entertainment. Come on, somebody. And so we'll throw on a good movie like Nacho Libre. Summon the Eagle Powers. If you've never watched Nacho Libre, go home after the Colts game and watch it. And so we have an entertainment hat that we wear. My hair's all messed up. Binge Netflix, whatever we do, watch YouTube. And so there's so many different things that we wear. Maybe sometimes we try to be the hero, right? We put on and we say, at home, what do you need, babe? I can fix it. Do you know why? Because I'm Batman, right? And maybe even sometimes when we try to be the hero, we might even... It's going to be hard for you to focus with that hat mask on. <laughs> but sometimes maybe we, we live in the dark and we live two personalities. So like Batman, Bruce Wayne, he, didn't, he, he, was, he was more Batman than he was Bruce Wayne. He couldn't get out of the darkness. And we don't want to live in the darkness. We want to be in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with one another. And it says, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us and purify us from all sins. That's why we all need life groups, everybody. We need relationships. Relationships is tied to being free from stuff. But sometimes we, we, we maybe even have this mask that we wear, and but we're in the dark and we don't let people know our true identity. 
We should let people know what our true identity is. This hat right here, this crown that we can wear, this is, this is the devil's playground. So this, this is not mine. This, is, this belongs to one of my brothers. Um, do you know, this is Boba Fett, okay? He's iconic Star Wars bounty hunter. But the thing, the thing about Boba Fett, I don't know if you can hear me when I got this on. I, I can only see what's right in front of me. And this, this helmet is a helmet of fantasy. Because Boba Fett is real as far as a character, but he's not real. You might see something that's real, but it's not real. Come on, somebody. And you know, we put on the helmet of fantasy. We, our obstruction is blocked because we only see what we're focused on and what we want. And what we focus our minds on. Whether it's we want to see something we shouldn't see. Or we start to have fights with people who the fight will never even happen. We don't want to live in fantasy land. We, we want to live in God's truth. We don't want to have a mind of flesh. We want the mind of the Holy Spirit, which is life and peace. Because this helmet, what it brings is jealousy and discord. We don't want to do that. Those are unearthly things that are demonic. We, we want to live outside of the realm of fantasy. Amen, everybody? Then we have, and I'm, I'm getting closer to the end, everybody, but we have... This helmet, and you could say this is a good helmet, right? Like armor of God, getting ready for battles. But I think it's more common, especially in our American culture, that we put on a helmet for fights, right? And we say, we say, well, you know what you did to me six years ago? You get ready for the blow. Get ready for the blow, but maybe it's, Excuse me. Ooh. But maybe it's, it's not just that. It's also, maybe this is a helmet of depression where it's heavy and, and light can't get in. And so we have, we have all different hats that we wear, but sometimes the hats that we wear, the work hat, the Sunday hat, all these hats, because there's a lot of weight, we can end up putting on something that we shouldn't put on that's heavy and cumbersome and get involved in sin that we shouldn't be involved in. And so we want to do our best to, to do something else with these crowns. But really, what happens is we, we, take, we take that helmet, i got to wear this hat, and then I have, I have this crown over here. Like, maybe, maybe I don't let anybody in about that. And, you know, maybe I'll take... I'll take all of these, these things and my hero, you know, I'm the hero all the time and I've, I've got to wear the hat of authority. I've got, my, I've got to relax on Sunday. I've got, I've got my entertainment hat and maybe binge too much stuff and then maybe, you know, my Sunday hat and my work hat. All, it's all a load and it, it doesn't fit quite right. And so it's hard to have all of this be our identity. And if we aren't acknowledging God in everything that we do, we're going to end up wearing something that we should have never even worn. We're going to end up 
looking like a fool. And maybe we put all of these things together and we, we end up having a crown that looks nice, but it looks nice from far away. But when you get closer to it, you see that it's, it's plastic, the jewels aren't real, things break, and we look foolish. But we wanna, we wanna have, when we wanna have things our way and live this way to God, he sees right through it because we wanna have it our way, we look like Burger King, <laughs> right? Is this too much? But really, God sees right through it, and it's something that can't last. It's something that doesn't have any, any substance to that, that will gain. It's going to be burned up. And so with everything, because if we acknowledge God in what we do, we'll see that, yeah, I've got to wear, I've got to wear a work hat, and I've got, to, I've, I, you know, I've got to go to church, I've got to do this, but the weight becomes way less because we acknowledge God in everything that we do, like Proverbs chapter 3, verse Four and five says, acknowledge God in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. Then we, we lose some weight with it. We, we, don't, we don't live in the realm of fantasy. We don't, maybe we do have times we have to put on armor, but we don't, we don't live in fights and we don't, we don't abuse our authority and we don't live like Batman with two personalities. And our weight is way more manageable. The Bible says, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. We need rest for our souls, amen everybody? But he also exchanges a crown of ashes for a crown of beauty. And he gives us something that is real and something that is tangible that we can, that we can feel. Why? Because Jesus, he took a crown that he didn't, he didn't deserve to wear, and he wore it for you and I so we could have a crown of beauty. Now, this crown was not like the crown. Could you see Roman soldiers, like, making a perfect circle when they're getting ready, like, we're going to put this in his head? No, it was more like a cluster or like, like a helmet that they put on Jesus so that you and I could have a crown of salvation and live in peace. Let's go back to the scripture for a minute. Let me read this to you first. Clean up my mess right here. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is, upon, is on me because he is, the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up, blind, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness the for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God, and to, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness planted by the Lord our God for the display of a splendor. You know, that's for you. This is speaking of Jesus about what he does, does for you and I, an oil of joy instead of gladness. You know, the people that were there in the city, verse 31, it says that uh, they brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and iron, 
picks and axes, and he made them work at brick making. David did this to the Ammonite towns. Then he and the entire army returned to Jerusalem. What I want you to see in this scripture here is that you can either choose to follow the king. Think about this. When David wanted to bless the Ammonites, they ended up rejecting him. And what if, what if we rejected the king? We had to wear all this weight, but we're going to either bow our knee willingly or choose to bow our knee and get something better than we think, a crown of salvation and a crown of life. Jesus said, the stone the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 43 of Matthew chapter 1, it says, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and be given to one people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken into pieces, and anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. We don't want to be crushed. We want to accept the cornerstone and everything in our life that we see, we measure off of the cornerstone. We acknowledge God in everything that we do so that we don't live a life that's overburdened and, out, and, and, and we have the crown of life. I want to show you all this. This is a picture of Queen Victoria. She ruled from 1837 to 1901. Now, this is her little tiara crown that she, she had. And she was an amazing woman. She did believe the gospel. Now, obviously, the monarchy is questionably that they're, they're lost. Um, but they made a crown for her in 1837. So this is a picture of the crown that they made. This is actually, this is not the exact crown, but it is, it is a, a close uh, it's, it's as close as it can be. What they did was they actually lowered it for Queen Elizabeth, and this is a different frame because the other frame went bad and didn't hold the stones in. And so after 100 years, they, they ended up giving this one uh, to, to, uh, to the kings and queens of England. But the stones, they're the same stones and same pearls. There's only a couple stones that are added. And so one time a preacher, she heard this preacher, and he was talking on the re returning of our Lord, the second coming. And she said afterwards to him, oh, I wish and I hope that the Lord will come in my lifetime with passion. I hope he comes in my lifetime. And he's like, why do you say that? Why do you want that? And she said, with a quivering lips and deep emotion, her eyes starting to well up with tears, Oh, that I would lay my crown at his feet. The value of this crown today is between 3.5 to 5 million pounds. Bi I'm sorry, billion pounds with a B. That's over 4, 3.5, that'd be $4 billion. Now, there's some who argue the value, but that's, that's the most common number I've found. If a queen of England is willing to lay down her crown 
and the jewels, these jewels that have history and legacy because these jewels, the rubies, the sapphire was actually taken by one of the exiled kings, put into his pocket when he ended up going to France, and then generations later, it was restored back to the crown. If she would throw something priceless down at our king's feet, what should we throw down? And this is all because Jesus carried a crown that you and I were meant to carry. We need to acknowledge God in everything we do. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord, you need to give it to him today. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, that you are our king and you are our God, that you are good and compassionate and gracious, Father. Father, I ask you right now, that the spirit of adoption would move in this room. I ask that you give peace to every heart that's here. If you're here today and you feel like, I don't know the king and I want to know King Jesus, I want to, I want to be set free from my weight. I want to help you with that. I don't want to single you out. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. So if you're here today, actually every voice, say out loud with me. All you have to do is mean this prayer. Just say, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he lived, he died, and he rose again. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin. I give you all of my crowns. I give you all of my weight. Give me peace. I repent and choose to follow you. And then just say, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Father God, I pray that you would help your people and speak to your people, lead your people, God, that we would lay our crowns at your feet, Father, that we would seek you and seek you first, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would seek you above all else, Father. I pray that every person would be given revelation of how they can acknowledge you with all the hats that they have to wear and all the crowns that they have to wear and all the weight that they carry and all the sin, that it can all be just given to you, but that you would bless every hat that we do wear. I ask that you would once again bless your people in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, if you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time or you rededicated your life to Jesus, I want to help you with your next steps. So please go to the Welcome Center and uh, let somebody know. Take a connection card, fill it out. You, even if it's your first time, give it to one of them. We have a free gift for you. Prayer team, if you would also come forward. We're going to offer prayer up here, but uh, one more thing for everybody. We have, after this service, in the Dream Team room that's right over here across the way, we're going to have the growth track. If you want to find out what it's like to serve, if you want to serve, if you want to, to learn what your gifts and talents are and help make a difference, it's wonderful. So if you want to, I want you in on that. We'd love for you to join us for the growth track. There will be food and child care provided, and it's going to be something that you don't want to miss. And so uh, if you all would stand with me as we worship with one last song, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Worship with this song, and then you'd be dismissed for the rest of your day. Father God, I thank you for your people, Lord. God, I ask that you would bless them. May you be blessed 
in the country, in the city. May you be blessed in your coming and in your going. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. May your children be blessed. May your marriages be blessed. May your family be blessed. May your businesses be blessed. And may nothing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, nothing that come against your life prosper in Jesus' mighty name. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.